Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicleist. This show is, well, let's just go ahead and call it a journey into my mind. The caverns, the wet gray caverns and folds of my brain. <laughs> but seriously, folks, what I do here is uh, discuss slash rate the media I have consumed because if I don't do it with you, who will I do it with? And then it would just mold away into the nothingness that is unthought thoughts. Ooh, unthought thoughts. That might be. Let's just go ahead and find something here. uh, And we'll type podcast title equals unthought thoughts uh i don't think i will spell it t-h-o-t because that means something else folks i'm gonna push a button that will start a series of uh uh, no i don't use the timer anymore see uh five episodes into this post 500 world and i've already forgotten that the timer is gone i used to push a button that would start a series of five five minute timers but now i just sort of go with the flow i let what happens happen like this button push Today's movie monologue sponsor is Agrabra Brand Lamp Oil. Thank you for that sponsorship. I should say, as I should have at the top of the show, that the potential exists that you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I could spoil it for you. So, you know, that is a warning of sorts, of jorts. I watched Aladdin and Aladdin... Yeah, uh, I watched the, the, the newish one, 2019, so yeah, okay, that's this year. And I watched the one from 1992 afterwards to compare and contrast. Uh, okay, so my thoughts on uh, remakes of this nature. I haven't seen, well, I haven't seen the original Lion King, and I haven't seen the remake of the Lion King. Um, but do these need to exist? Does the, the remakes of these Disney classics... Uh, need to exist? Uh, I would say the short answer is no, uh, and then the long answer would be no. <laughs> but uh, uh, but seriously, folks, which I've already said once, so I will try not to say a third time, uh, I, I, I feel like they're fine movies, so uh, let me give my rating on the, the newish uh, Aladdin. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a probably a two for me, 
with some three moments. If you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, and, and, you know, there's some fun parts in it. Uh, it. It was interesting to see how Will Smith handled their own. I think he did a fine job. Uh, 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 the, the actor who plays Aladdin was fine. The actress who played Jasmine was amazing, actually. Really, really liked her. Uh, I, I actually saw an interview, I think, yesterday, where she's going to be in the new... Uh, Charlie's Angels movies. So apparently she likes going into movies that are remakes of old movies, this girl. Uh, incredibly beautiful, uh, and uh, she was sort of the star of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but it was just uh, like it didn't do really anything that I can think of to improve on the original, which uh, still holds up well. Uh, on that note, the original Aladdin. Uh, I used to goddamn love the uh, television show, the the Disney show. Uh, that was great, um, and, and this made me sort of think back fondly on that. So, oh, you know what, on that note, and I feel like this came up last week as well, uh, th my rating may be affected by that sort of nostalgia factor. Like, if you have no nostalgia for Aladdin and went in blind, would you like it as much as someone like myself who had a great fondness for it back in the day? I don't know. I almost feel like potentially not. Uh, but Robin Williams, right? This is, this is the role sort of designed for him, and and that was the one smart thing with the uh, with the remake of Aladdin, the, the live action one, is that uh, of people who could step into this role, it's got to be someone who has a lot of iconic roles in their sort of past uh, uh, canon, uh, and so Will Smith fits that bill. I wonder who else could do that. That's a good question. I'll tell you what I'll do which I try unsuccessfully very many times, but, you know, I still do it, because why the hell not, is to get a little audience participation. Should you have someone who could play Aladdin in a movie with their sort of back canon being represented uh, as the role apparently needs, um, who would it be? Uh, you could tweet at me to Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. Huh? Audience participation. Or if you see me on the street, let me know then. You don't know what I look like, though, so that'll be a harder option. Uh, okay, yeah, Aladdin 1992, uh, solid four. Uh, I, I will say, despite my liking it, the music aspect of it, you know, the, it's not that the songs are bad, it's just uh, I don't particularly gravitate towards musicals, as I have mentioned on the podcast. Okay, so that's the Aladdins out of the way. Moving on to Hot Pursuit from 1987. Oh, interesting. Starring quite a few people, actually. Uh, John Cusack, uh, the titular Hot Pursuiter. The titular Hot Pursuiter. John Cusack is a sentence I have said. Uh, Robert Loggia, uh, miss him. Uh, Jerry Stiller, is he still with us? I don't really. Uh, ben Stiller, actually, in, in sort of, he had sort of a small role. You got Keith David in there. Uh, yeah, this is a movie that I'd never really heard of, and I thought I had sort of at least heard of, if not seen, a lot of these sort of 80s type movies of this genre what would you call this genre well let me read the imda and maybe that'll tell us uh dan arrives too late for his girlfriend's family's plane to the caribbean or caribbean if you prefer uh he gets the next once there dan's hot pursuit oh god of his girlfriend's of his girlfriend includes three friendly locals a dubious yacht skipper corrupt police hijacker pirates etc Whoever wrote this description, I think, was on what sort of drugs? Uh, you know what? If you, 
tweet at me the Aladdin thing. Also, let me know what drugs the person was on that wrote this. I'm seeing the Metascore of this is only 29, and I didn't think it was that bad, but it definitely doesn't hold up to some other movies of this sort, I would say. Rating-wise, you know, I'd, I'd go a solid three. I, I had enjoyment uh, watching it. It was, it was nice to see a lot of these actors that I, I feel like I haven't seen in a while. Uh, well, probably because some of them have passed away, so <laughs> that might explain it. So, you know, check out Hot Pursuit if you've seen all 80s movies of this vibe, let's say, if not genre. Uh, moving on to Spider-Man Far From Home. Hmm, also from 2019. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man must step up to take on new threats in a world that has changed forever. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I saw this after the sadness of uh, the realization that there will be no more uh, Spider-Mans with Tom Holland because of, you know, all the whole Sony kerfuffle. And uh, if you pay attention to that sort of thing, you probably know, know more than I do. Uh, I just know the gist is that no more Spider-Mans, the kind of sort of kind of sort of, or if there is, it will be yet another reboot. Goddamn, if it's an origin story, I'm not going to be happy. Well, you know what, uh, I say that, and, and people were very upset about all that stuff. Uh, I'll throw in my two cents. It's, it's just movies. <laughs> it sucks, but, you know, th there's more important things to be angry about, and uh, I tend to reserve my anger for things like, I don't know, children locked in cages, things of that nature. Uh, I, I don't have an abundance of anger, so I really need to sort of use it wisely, let's say. That and when I'm driving and someone cuts me off. Something about driving, I, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because there's higher levels of concentration than just normal everyday life that you need when driving. But I don't get angry in life as a sort of general rule. But when I'm uh, driving and shit happens, like I could feel like a, l a literal physical reaction. So that's weird. We're not here to talk about that, but it's a podcast. So if you stray, you're allowed to. Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm going to go with solid 4.2396 repeating. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I, I, Tom Holland, uh, I, I don't know if he's my favorite Spider-Man, but I, I very much like him. And I liked uh, Garfield, uh, what's his, uh, the first one there? There's never really been a Spider-Man I have disliked, but uh, I think he might be my favorite. He, he, he does a great job at it, so hence the high mark. Moving on to a film called Greta from 2018. A young woman befriends a lonely widow... <coughs> That's disgusting. Who's harboring, not the Lonely Widow part, who's harboring a dark and deadly agenda towards her. Uh, so I'm, I really went back and forth on this one. Uh, this is a movie the missus begged me to watch with her. Uh, it's a sort of a, a suspense thriller, I guess you would call it. Um, that is like one uh, a lot of her favorite movies fit into this sort of category. Uh, mine less so, like... I don't know, they always just kind of feel sort of blah to me, like right down the middle of movies. Uh, and this one is... well, that's, that's the problem. I was going to say it's no exception, but it's a little exception because there was times where I thought it was very good, and then there was times where the tropes in it were so thick that I, I felt like I knew exactly what was going to happen from one moment to the next, and quite often did. So for that reason, uh, if you are a long-time listener, if such a thing exists, you will know that... Um, predictable movies 
uh, will often get lower marks. Or rather, movies with things that happen in them where I had no idea they were going to happen, those get high marks. That's probably a better way to put it, actually. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to give Greta a 2.8. With, you know, the odd... Uh, interesting moment where I was like, oh, okay, well, that was an interesting choice, uh, and, and, and so, so, some cool things. Uh, one, one, one thing they did at the end, which, uh, it, it was obvious they were going to do it, uh, it, it's just one of those endings, and, and this is not even to give it away, it, it, it's an ending where they left the possibility of what happens next open to the degree where uh, you, you, the viewer, can sort of easily decide what happens next. Uh, and, and I like when movies do that. It's a, it's a fun, dumb thing. Okay, what is next? This button here. Television talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is the Filibuster Parfait from DQ, a.k.a. Dairy Queen. Do they still call Dairy Queen uh, uh, Dairy Queen, or do they do, they do like KFC and, and just call it uh, uh, DQ now? Hmm, I don't know. I haven't had that in a while, man. I could go for a blizzard right now. It's 6 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, though, so it's probably not the best time to have a blizzard. Also, they're not open, so I'd have to break in and make my own, and I don't know how to work the machine, so... It's a whole thing. Devoting this television talk to, as I do from time to time, uh, I'll save up a bunch of Last Week Tonight's with host John Oliver and uh, watch them all in a row. Or I, I don't, I, I should say they post, uh, are, are they half an hour long episodes or are they hour long? If they're hour long, they post uh, a nice chunk, a segment, usually 20, 25 minutes long of the show. Uh, and, and if the shows are only half an hour, it's basically they post the whole show on YouTube. So very thankful for them. Uh, and they don't do the annoying thing that all uh, a lot of uh, uh, shows do where it's broken up into these two, three, four, five minute chunks, which is annoying as hell. Uh, it, it's just sort of one big block. I could sit down and watch a bunch and they are goddamn delightful, including these ones, like the one about, well, d delightful and also very depressing <laughs> quite often. Uh, uh, like this one about, oh, this is going to be fun to say, uh, Gurgen Guli Berdemenhamidov, that guy. He is the insane uh, autocratic president of Turkmenistan. Yeah, uh, something going on with that guy, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, scary that people like that are in power of any country. Wink, wink. Um, but to, just to see that... And it's not a... It's it's not even a necessarily in, in his case a lot of the things uh, uh, an insanity of a lust for power. It's just a plain insanity for some of the things this guy's doing. Like with his love of horses, it's just it's creepy. It's eerie. It's altogether some whatever the Adam Sandler song goes eerie. Maybe I said it wrong, but yeah, it, it's you watched of the episodes I've seen. It may be one of my favorite and it's just about some dude basically and his strange proclivities and the fact that he runs a country, uh, in a not nice manner. So uh, I recommend that one. Uh, next is legal immigration. Um, which is very fascinating because, uh, I imagine, uh, like myself, people sort of 
probably break things down into the very black and white of legal immigration versus illegal immigration uh and, and being canadian as well i i i my knowledge of it should be less uh, compared to someone in the u.s anyways but you're going to learn a lot in this one and see that the grays of immigration are uh, very very large let's say so so that's uh, sort of fascinating last but not least a uh, filibuster yeah uh apparently like i I've, I've known and i don't know why i know this i almost feel like maybe it's from parks and rec from Patton oswald's speech there uh like i know what a filibuster is and i know it's something in politics that can happen but apparently it's something that happens much more often like i thought it was a very rare thing but uh, apparently uh, uh the political parties in the united states have uh been using it more and more frequently uh which seems like someone would see this and say okay well this is obviously not be, not working the way it should let's no longer allow this that, that sort of thing like we are allowed are we not as a human species to see when things aren't working and change them it's that whole bureaucracy thing though that makes that a little bit difficult holtz oh yeah like talking uh, okay, so yeah, uh, last week tonight, check out those three and all of them, uh, because there's a, a crap ton of them on last week tonight's uh, YouTube channel. Thank you for that. Moving on to... Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is Tressium Cat Litter. Thank you for your sponsorship. Yes, I have for you today number seven in a series of D&D uh, uh, &D recaps that I will read for you because, um, you know, they are D&D uh, &D is a game, and this segment is devoted to games, not just of the video variety. So uh, from time to time, quite often recently, because I play uh, just about every two weeks, I will uh, read the recap of my character, uh, written from his perspective as if writing in a quote-unquote uh, diary, sort of a diary intro, a little different, called the Alshinary instead uh on that note uh if you haven't listened to the first six this will make less sense so consider going back and listening to those okay okay i've titled this one thank you sir may i have another sir <clears throat> dearest alshinary if i could live forever to fill your pages with all the world's knowledge i would does not take a genius to realize that this is very unlikely. So, when the inevitable happens, I want you to move on and find another. Equally, dearest whoever found this book, should you not wish to take up the mantle of this tome of all knowledge, all I ask is that you try to find someone who does. That's how all entries start. FYI. Uh, Sir Amarian Brightwood's timely arrival coincided with what I believe was the last of the gobl goblins being dispatched. Uh, at least according to the investigation I made while zipping back and forth as fast as my little spell-infused gnome legs could manage. Yeah, I have a spell called uh, Expedious Retreat, which gives me a speed of uh, 100 feet per turn, which is like that of a, of a fast horse. <laughs> so picture this, uh, if you will. 
let me put this picture in your mind, uh, a 499-year-old gnome uh, zooming around this town looking for any wayward goblins. And that thought amuses me, so I mention it. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, back to the story. Uh, it has been some time since uh, he was a student of mine. However, I assume by his actions that I must have somehow instilled a zeal for killing goblins along the way, as he does so with ease. My sleep spell may have helped, and I will admit when my students are particularly rambunctious, this spell comes in handy. But I digress. The note that Sir Amarion has brought from Sir Baylor is dire indeed. The note said... Uh, here I was going to post the note that the DM gave uh, Sir Amarion, but uh, he hasn't given it to me yet, so instead I have the gist. So I've written here, gist equals. Howling Keep attacked. Organized giants, goblinoids, bugbears, etc. were led by Chief Kappa. Uh, foiled but not defeated, they headed south towards Succumber. Uh, Baylor wants us to head north to... question mark? Uh, in search of where this threat has originated from in the hopes we can do something at its source. Also, Flying Cloud Giant Castle headed towards Howling Keep after taking Nightstone. So, they are obviously involved somehow. Perhaps pulling strings of, Cap of Chief Kappa and have given him this unusual level of intelligence for a hill giant. Yeah, so uh, that's sort of uh, our mission going forward after we finish clearing this town and protecting it. So, there you go. Uh, bef before we can worry about the macro, though, we have to consider the micro, and that means solidifying our hold on this town so the Zentarum cannot take it as their own and have a stronghold in the region because they are famous, or infamous, for being tough to get rid of once they have entrenched themselves. Not unlike certain foot fungi I can think of. A nice palate cleanser for all this doom and gloom is Nadrina seems to have made a new friend in the form of a Tresium. Maybe saying that wrong. Uh, see my Alshinary entry on page, uh, and then I just put the, uh, the Forgotten Realms wiki of this creature, which is like a flying cat. Uh, in fact, to, make, to mark the momentous event, I asked her for a quote so I can add a notation to which she has said... Uh, and I took this from uh, a Facebook post of uh, the, the the player <laughs> who uh, whose character is Nadrina. Uh, I am so ecstatic to have adopted a winged cat, though I don't know how well my own ordinary cat, Cheesley, will get along with Tress. Cheesley is currently being uh, cat sat by my employer, Roderick, back in Waterdeep. End quote. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, a, re a reverse palette cleanser. In fact, a palette dirtier is the infernal writing on the door of the small home we decided to come back to now. After thoroughly identifying the magic writing, is nothing more than that, magic writing, uh, I investigate the contents of the building and find some useful items and also a holy symbol to Asmodeus, or rather an unholy symbol... This combined with the writing leads me to believe that perhaps an alchemist lived here and dabbled in the dark arts and has used the infertile runes as a means to simply protect their belongings in their absence. Uh, I had a pretty crappy investigation check there, so I feel like probably missed some stuff in that uh, little, little building, which is upsetting because I bet you it was magic stuff. Um, when the tolling of the Abbey's bell stopped, it let me know that my unseen servant Belvedere has returned to wherever he 
goes, I guess. Uh, and that an hour has passed, meaning the searching for rescuers, i.e. looting, will have to be cut short for now. The keep needs to be explored, and if we have any hope of securing Nightstone. Time is of the essence, and it takes time, one way or the other, to get us all across the broken bridge that leads from the town proper to the keep. When we do make it across, further sneaky goblins take aim at us, but a well-timed hold person spell from May no longer in her wolf form, and a dash from both myself and a Marian make short work of them leaving the grounds to explore, empty, and the keep to infiltrate, not empty. Uh, inside the keep are the, va are the last vestiges of what remain of the protectors of Nightstone. A sorry lot, their leader killed and laid out reverently, they look to us with hopes much too high. For although we believe we have managed to retake the town from the goblins, uh, that, if anything, will make it easier for the Zentarum to arrive with nothing in their way. Uh, there are some things on our side, though. It turns out the townsfolk have fled to the Dripping Caves, which is about an hour distant. Also, word was sent to Waterdeep to send reinforcements. Uh, so a plan is formed with the thought that we do not have to hold the Zentarum off forever. The plan is as follows. 1. Noctis and Amarian will use their steeds to ride to the Dripping Caves and tell the townsfolk it is safe and to return and the goblins have been cleared out, and also it is very unlikely the Clyjounts will return now that they have what they need. That was the Nightstone. 2. While they are gone, uh, the four remaining protectors, along with May, Nadrina, and myself, will get our captive, as well as Pale Wolf and Amarian's retinue, who I will have to get to fill out the proper paperwork form should they be joining us, uh, over to the keep where they can be most secure. Now the thing about plans is that it does not take much to make them obsolete. In this case, the obsolescence came in the form of the arrival of seven roguish-looking sorts along with a flying stake not dissimilar to the one the Zentarum spy Kella well, we got a Kappa and a Kella now, uh, had at her disposal. Between seeing them approach and their arrival at the front closed gate, we have arranged ourselves with a mind for defense, but I fear that we will be that they will be able to breach the walls with our numbers so few. I will say I now feel even more fortunate that I was successful in copying the invisibility scroll into my spellbook. The end for now. Yeah, uh, I, I, we we found a invisibility scroll. So uh, with a successful roll, I was managed to copy it into my spellbook, and I find that is a spell that I like to save for the most dire of emergencies, like uh, everyone's about to die. Uh, okay, I'm now invisible and run away. <laughs> uh, what a bastard. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Smith's Own Museum Porridge. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I got a few things today. Uh, first and foremost, question mark? I don't know if it's foremost, but it's certainly first. Adam Samus, <laughs> Adam Sandwich. Jesus. Adam Savage at the Miss... What the hell is going on here? Adam Savage at the Smithsonian. 
Adam Savage at the Smithsonian. Adam Savage at the Smithsonian. Yeah, it's not easy to say. Say it for yourself. Uh, Smithsonian is sort of a fascinating place that I have great interest in, and should I ever be there uh, within the vicinity, that would be a place I would like to visit. So, you know, maybe one day. Uh, should, should that be a bucket list thing? Sure, why not? I, I've just added it. Going to Japan is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. And now this. It's just sort of a cool uh, slice of history and interesting things, I feel like. Um, but I suppose any museum is to some degree, but this is a, a, a very famous one for that in particularly. And sort of having things that maybe other museums would not, question mark. And uh, to see Adam Savage there, uh, formerly of Mythbusters, was sort of fascinating to see his levels of excitement like he didn't act uh, and you know what i should specify uh, right now is he didn't actually go to the smithsonian uh necessarily I, maybe that'll be coming up but he's going to the the shops and the sort of behind the scenes areas of the people who make the displays and the the exhibits and stuff like that uh because that is where his interests lie and to be honest that is uh, I don't know if it's where my interest lies, but the, the, all these videos were fascinating. And he interviewed a bunch of people and saw a bunch of different equipment and all the processes in place. And man, they got this thing down to science, which is, I suppose, not su surprising when you're in a field of this nature that you have a bunch of smart people working for you that can figure out these very, very intricate and complicated tasks that have to be done in order to make uh, these, these beautiful uh, exhibits. So very, very cool to see that. Uh, if you like behind-the-scenes action of, of, of things, you will love this. Just sort of period, full stop. Okay, moving on to sad news. Uh, who charted the podcast? Moving to Stitcher Premium. Um, sad news if you uh, don't have and can't afford, I suppose, a, a, a Stitcher Premium uh, subscription, which is is a $5 a month. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I did have it at one point. When I re-listened to all the Nerd Poker episodes from the beginning. Um, so my sort of plan here is uh, when my car is paid off next year, that'll be a, a nice chunk of change of every month that is no longer coming out. So maybe I can finally start looking into things like this. Like my sort of general rule is uh, I, I can't afford it. Like it, I feel like the floodgates would open if I start doing this and then start doing like uh, Patreons of people that I want to do and, and stuff like that. So I, my sort of sad general rule, and, and there, there is definite guilt involved with this, feelings of guilt, that if I can't do the do all of them, <laughs> I have to do none of them because I feel like the floodgates would open and then there's these monthly payments that keep coming out. Um, and the thing about monthly payments is they, they add up quickly and then maybe forget about them. And then, you know, it, it's a whole big thing that I have been forced to avoid and slash have been worried about. So there's, there's that sort of underlying worry, uh, yeah, worry, guilt. It's all just sort of rolled together in me not supporting people who should be supported. So, uh, you know, I, I feel bad and I bring it up. Why? I don't know. It's, as I say, potentially next year. I'll get this, can stop, uh, start re-listening to Who Charted, get me some freedom, uh, many, many, many things. Uh, maybe I'll get the, the Doughboys double, uh, there's some Patreons who I'd like to support. There, there's tons, I, I would support everyone. Uh, one of my sort of uh, winning the lottery uh, plans would be 
supporting people through their Patreon and, and, and sort of uh, stuff like that. Which, uh, you know what, on that note, yesterday uh, we went in the, at, the, at the office, uh, went in the lottery, I think it's uh, 55 million, something like that, and a whole bunch of us went in. So maybe next time I record a podcast, I will be a millionaire. Or a chameleonaire, but probably not either. Uh, okay, moving on to podcast, but outside. Uh, yeah, so uh, in a secretive, not occult uh, Facebook group that I am a member of, uh, saw a post for this where, <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the first gist is that this is a podcast where uh, uh, two dudes will sort of set up a table outside. Uh, and then we'll record a podcast and it'll be done all over the place and they'll sort of uh, grab strangers from the street Billy on the street style sure, why not uh, and then uh, interview them on the podcast because, uh, you know, you, you gotta have a, something interesting about your podcast or else no one will listen to it as I have learned here <sighs> Anyway, so uh, that's the, the the general gist. However, the episode in particular I wanted to talk about was one in which the setup was done at his father's third wedding, <laughs> which is interesting right there. Uh, but uh, but further interest comes from the fact that he had never met the bride to be. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so uh, I, I will say, th- despite that awkwardness. Uh, when the bride at the end of the show came on the podcast, she was a delight, and uh, the, their interaction made me uh, very, very happy. That's uh, these uh, the, these people thrown into the strange cir- circumstance. Uh, there was sort of the love was flowing on this special day that maybe some of it carried over into the podcast. A delight, and I very much liked it. What else do I really much like, Richard Ayawade? travel slash gadget man uh richard ayawade uh probably most known i would assume from um the it crowd uh but he's been in a million things um i will say whenever he's on a panel like a, a qi or what are those uh, the big fat quiz of the year anything like that and anything in general he's definitely a person who falls into the category for me of if he is in a thing or on a thing or whatever you want to say if it, if he is involved with a thing that thing will be good just sort of period full stop love him so much huge huge fan so uh scrolling through the youtubes as i do from time to time saw there was a, a whole bunch of things called uh, I, I think they're called travel man but then uh and i think it's a show on one of the bbc channels over in uh, across the lake <laughs> across the pond i'm just kidding um and uh, I don't know if it's just a segment of Travel Man or a whole different show separate from it where he, he reviews Gadget and they call it Gadget Man. So uh, basically it's just him traveling around, uh, having different foods, having different drinks, meeting people uh, quite often. In fact, I think always he'll have another uh, uh, comedic sort with him. And I got to say, man, these are so, so good, which is not surprising. Uh, like I went into them knowing they would be good, which is... Uh, which is a fun thing to experience, just like these are, and I recommend them. Uh, Travel Man, Gadget Man, BBC, Richard Ayawade, which I think I'm saying right, and it's not the easiest name to say correctly, so pat on my back. Don't know if you could hear that, but I literally patted myself on the back. Folks, 
that leaves the final thing to say, as I do at the end of every podcast, which is, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper